0: Hey guys, welcome to the Wedding Crow's podcast my name is jared haskell i'm here with jason mccutcheon and today we have a really special episode for you guys it's just the two of us we've had so many awesome guests on lately that uh you know we decided to to take a break from the awesomeness and actually they're
1: they're taking the spotlight off of us get get
0: a word in you know edgewise geez all these selfish speakers but um i hope hope you've enjoyed it um i've really felt like i've learned a lot last couple weeks uh when this uh episode is being aired we will be back from vegas Um, which I'm sure will be an awesome time. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, but, uh, guys, if you are watching on YouTube, make sure you're hitting the subscribe button Uh, really helps us a lot comment. We want to hear from you. Um, as well as checking us out anywhere that you can find podcasts. But, um, if you have the time, give us a review guys, it really goes a long way, uh, trying to build that um, audience there and get the word out to wedding pros. Yeah. You know,
1: our vision with this whole thing is about giving access to the wedding creative community which actually is really small it seems bigger it seems you know but like literally you can go on a Facebook group and get to know most everybody yeah Um, and so we're a small industry, so we got to stick together and there's a lot of great people and there's just not a ton of resources that are more just designed at getting access to the way that they think and creating like that kind of like just hanging out with these people, hanging out with Henry, hanging out with the Hans, hanging out with Benj and all the people we're going to be having on in the future. We want to give you guys your own place to hear from these people and maybe someday even form a community around just our industry not just give tutorials and those are great, but, but that isn't our vision. So if you're wondering like, what is the point of this? Why should I support it? Why should I subscribe? Well, our vision is really about creating access for really talented people and giving you if you're listening, cause I know for me, I would have loved to have this when I was starting. out. I would have loved to have a place to just go listen to Henry or listen to the people that are, you know, hopefully my heroes. Yeah. And so that's our vision. That's what we're going for. So that's why it really helps us. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and just make money guys, you know, too often you you make money, not you make money. Well, yeah, that's what I'm I'm saying. Like too many times, you know, I have known plenty of creatives who are just, you know, creatives and and that's it. They're not really, you know, making the money that I think they should. And I know people personally, we've probably had people on the podcast who I'm like, dude, you could charge so much more. Um, so just kind of giving insight into, how a bunch of different people make money in the industry, making their art, um, is is a big passion for us. And and Jay's an educator, and I've been an educator in the past, and it's something that um, I think we, we both feel pretty passionate about. Um, so if you're watching, uh, tune in. Make sure that you're um, you know uh, paying attention to all the different aspects because there's a bunch of different ways. I hate the phrase, but there's a bunch of different ways to skin a cat. So
1: I like that uh, phrase. Yeah. I think it's hysterical.
0: <laughs> I like that today. Uh, and I love,
1: I have three cats.
0: <laughs> I like that we match so well today, Jay. It's almost like we, we planned it. Like we should be in the. Uh,
1: well, if I show, I have a waffle shirt on too. So yeah. Even, oh, perfect.
0: Uh, like we, we should be like in the fall, like drinking hot apple cider <laughs> or something. Yeah. Um, we have a really special episode today, guys. Uh, we are g- going to talk about numbers a little bit more. Um, and, and the wedding wire and the Knot, they just re- released their. Uh, annual reports about the state of the wedding industry and just you know how much money people are making and um, how the industry is growing or retracting Um, so we thought it'd be interesting to have a little bit of commentary on that market research Um, day market research day um, which you know you can talk to Jay all day long about you know budgeting and my eyes might glaze over by the end of it I think when we did the podcast I was like okay, these are all great, but I'm ready to go to lunch. (laughs) Listen, that
1: podcast was a hit.
0: It was, and it's very beneficial to a lot of people out there. This is really where I think I take in numbers. I'm a baseball guy. I love statistics, like love statistics. So I I never aced a math class in my life until college statistics. Uh, So this is really where I think numbers come alive for me and where I'm just like, feel like very educated when looking at mm-hmm. statistical numbers. I so
1: yeah. I think this industry is a lot of emotions um, cause we're artists sure. and a lot of people b- build their business based on emotions. And so a lot of education is based on emotions too. Like making a statement like, Oh, charge what you're worth mm-hmm. is, seems like a really good thing because it appeals to the ego. The ego wants to believe that you are worth whatever the person you view is. your equal. Of
0: course. And especially for artists, right?
1: Yeah. So they're (laughs) going to go like, Oh, well I know this guy and he's charging five grand a wedding, which by the way, the Hans brought it up a couple of weeks ago. If you're working, you're not always charging your full rate there's plenty of times where you make a decision to, to do less. And, and, and like, so we don't even know really what other people are actually charging. We want to get into today though. Like we want to strip the ego from it and just look at the hard numbers because this is going to bear what they're like. Somebody is working for this amount of money mm-hmm. and you can say it's not you or you can scoff at it and and you can, and this is what I'll say about numbers. Ignore numbers at your own peril. Mm -hmm. like you need to be looking at numbers and actually paying attention to what, because uh, honestly it's very basic supply and demand. There's a, a demand and then there's a supply. And I think one of the things that I'm seeing as I was looking through these numbers is the supply has increased a lot for wedding creatives. By that, I mean, there's a lot more people doing it.
0: Especially over the last ten years, 10 oh yeah, years especially. And
1: I think even over the, like for video, even over the last three years, it mm-hmm. seems like a lot more people are doing it, um, which is great. You know, couples are more aware of it, and probably more people like are getting it than they used to. And um, my guess would be even more will get it in the future. Who knows? Maybe it'll become like photography, where was like ninety percent of couples are mm-hmm. getting photography, yep. um, which is great. Good job, photographers. Yeah. Um. But for video, it's like what fifty percent or something or yeah. less. Yeah.
0: We'll, we'll 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 hop into it. Um. It, you know. We're so we're drawing from two different sources today. We're going to draw from, uh, the wedding report, which is awesome. If you haven't checked out the dot com. Um, What's
1: the uh, rate on that? The cost. I think uh, it changes have a it, little. We
0: just have it automated. Honestly, I think it's just over a hundred dollars, which is is totally Wait. worthwhile. I think everyone at home listen to this go download the wedding report or, or go subscribe. subscribe to the wedding report. Cause they're phenomenal. You can spend a whole afternoon dorking out over awesome statistics and numbers. Well, and it will, great.
1: It will check your ego, which yeah. is where I was going with that. Yeah. It's like what we're going to try to do is do a big ego check yep. for us and a reality check. And hopefully some of you guys will hear some numbers and you'll either walk away feeling super blessed because you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm working 30 weddings at five and a half K each. Yeah, Doesn't mean you can't charge more, but like, we'll get into the numbers but guess what you're like in 1 to 2% yeah. of all weddings
0: so yeah the wedding report we're going to be let, diving into the wedding report quite a bit and then also uh, the wedding wire report that just came out a little bit of the well. not so,
1: report even though i and, think they might be using the same data
0: so essentially you know we were going through diving through some of these numbers and we noticed that some of them are a little bit off, which is understandable because they're just pulling from yeah, let's go different through sources. Each data source. Yeah, sure. So the wedding report essentially is pulling in from different government entities. So they, I feel like have a pretty accurate, um, idea of, of, of the numbers of how many people are getting yeah. married.
1: If you don't know this and you can actually, it's public record, every county you have to, you know, you go to the courthouse and all this and they track how many, weddings are happening. And, and I believe that's including like civil union yep. type things and elopements where they literally just go to the courthouse and of course weddings that are ginormous and huge. Yep. So you can get a very good amount. Basically how many people are getting married that number? They're tracking that number.
0: Yep. I think in general, they're both pretty comparable. Um, you know, then I think the knot and wedding wire are a little bit more elusive from where they're pulling their data. Yeah. Um, so the, the,
1: it's the knot,
0: they're really just the wedding
1: they're... report has a combination of actual b- governmental data. Yep. They also do a survey every year. And this year I believe they had like 6,500 couples that were in their survey and a range of people. The knot I believe said they have 18, not the knot, the wedding wire report has 18,000 couples that are probably all their couples yep. and they surveyed them. And so you're really dealing with one reports, very comprehensive and it's more about weddings and marriage. Um, the not slash wedding wire report is really about buyers. So it's where they're buying, how much, well, these are all customers. Like not everyone who is getting married is a customer. They might be people that are never going to hire any of our services. It does matter and it's worth factoring into the data, but it's gonna mean that the wedding reports numbers are going to be lower on average because they're not they're not factoring in an entire buyer's market yeah. as opposed to the wedding wire, which is basically all buyers. If you're on the wedding wire the knot, you're there to buy. It's yeah. a market primer location. So people are getting primed, looking to buy. And anyone who's answering anything on the wedding wire, they're a planner. Yeah. They're planning their wedding. And I don't mean they're a wedding planner, but they're they're planning the wedding and they're they're purchasers. So if if the numbers seem a little different, that's why. I actually think they're both really trustworthy. Yep. When I look at it, I'm like, yeah, that seems right. That checks out, that checks out it doesn't always make you feel great because the numbers look lower than you want them to look. Just keep in mind, it's dealing with a very broad range of people.
0: Yeah. I always laugh about it and and talking to, you know, very high end and, and you know, kind of just people like us too, uh, videographers, photographers out there, um, who are like, no, I would never be able to afford my services (laughs) ever, you know? And how many people do you know that wouldn't even, you know uh, we have people in our office that are getting married i have relatives you know sisters brothers cousins getting married and they would never even consider even going to the knot because they're just like you know what we're gonna try to get away with just spending 15 grand on our wedding oh i looked at backyard wedding like we're not even gonna go to those sources we didn't do like a
1: super low wedding my wife and i it was like a a moderate wedding celebration um if you include honeymoon which the, the not includes by the way. Yeah. They I'm
0: have, not sure if the wedding report, well, they have it broken out as well,
1: yeah. but they do have part of it where they include everything, which is honeymoon wedding ring and wedding celebration re- rehearsal type thing. We spent maybe 18 to 20 grand on everything associated with the wedding dress ring, yep. honeymoon celebration. And we we're like, we were poor,
0: you Hired know? free videography. Yeah.
1: Like a bunch of stuff free. I got my suits for free. Yep. Like we, it's, it's expensive, but we, but I brought the market value average down. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So
0: that, that's, that's really the difference. I think the wedding report really focuses on a lot of people, you know, getting married at the courthouse. It's just
1: raw numbers, yeah, which is great. Very useful. But if you're looking how to read it and you're like, oh, this one's too low. I don't like it. And I like the wedding wire. It looks better. Yeah. They're both true and they're just different there are different groups of people and statistics. That's what you I find
0: that people hate even the wedding wire, the higher number.
1: <laughs> okay, Jared. So why don't you get us started? Let's start this entire kind of survey. Just looking at the overall industry yeah. numbers. How let's, many weddings? We'll just kind of go through dive the, the yeah. big numbers.
0: So total weddings in 2019 was 2,203,712. This is according to the wedding reports number. This is just overall weddings. How many people got married the United in the U S Last year. Yes. Uh, total for photography, how many people hired a photographer was 2,027,415. So that's 92% Some nuts. of, of Can you imagine if 8% didn't get a photographer. So that's, you know, I, I would say that's makes sense. Um, total videographers, uh, was 1,079,819, which is 49%. It's about half of the people out there that got a videographer that got married last year. Um, total spend for photographer. So I think this is where there's a difference between the not wedding wire numbers and the wedding report numbers. The, um, the wedding report says the average spend for photographers is 1600. And I think you mentioned that on the not wedding, wire 2400. Wires, was 2400. Yeah. yeah. So that's a pretty big gap and I'd be but interested to dive in. The I mean, I,
1: I don't find that to be very, that's the difference between a couple that is willing to go on the not to find them. Sure. And the other ones factoring in people that just hired uncle Billy.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Nobody on going on the, knot is hiring uncle Billy. They're hiring somebody who had enough money to advertise on the knot, or maybe a free profile. So there's
0: a whole kind of demo, right? It's like an underground
1: secret wedding industry, right? Yeah. Where like, how do these people find these providers? Where are these vendors even coming from?
0: They're the people that don't comment on any Facebook forums. Oh yeah. (laughs) Just kind of laugh. You're talking like,
1: You're talking like <laughs> Craigslist people totally. and yes. people like
0: I pers- have a DSLR. I'll shoot your wedding for 300 bucks.
1: Yeah. People aren't going to like these wedding wire people are of course like the couples, which is, this is why I think it's funny when people are like those brides suck.
0: I'm like, these are objectively good brides. That is the industry standard bride. I would say they're not in wedding wire industry standard people.
1: Yep. Um, these are objectively good brides. Yep. Like they are good. Yep. Like they're high quality leads relative to what's out there. Yeah. So it's like, you think that's a bad bride, bad bride. Like I mean, like I'm, I kind of resent just profiling entire people based on how much money they have. I'm like,
2: like, oh, yeah, hey,
1: but that's, there's worse. Mm-hmm. There's people out there who literally value your services so little that they literally don't care who does it. Yep. And like, that's a real part and it, the numbers bear it out. Totally. That's why this number is so much higher.
0: Yep. Yep. And then uh, for total spend for videography, according to um, the wedding report is $1,066. Yeah. And which I gotta admit that was a little bit lower than I even thought it was gonna be.
1: Well, I think it shows you that video much, is much more likely to be purchased late. Yeah. And it's much more likely to be purchased on a, Free marketplace like a Craigslist, sure. Maybe a Facebook ad or something like that. It shows that there's opportunity if you want to hop in and charge Mm a thousand (laughs) dollars, yeah. But, um, it also the number they have for Wedding Wire is um, eighteen hundred dollars average, yeah. And then this number, by the way, is from 2018. My guess is they haven't got the 2019 report finished yet, yeah. Um, so maybe that number will go up a little bit next year. But yeah. my guess is not because it's been static 2017, 2018. Yep. It's been around 1800. It might have went up. It went up significantly in 20, not significantly. It went up a hundred bucks from 2016 to 17. But the videography market. So here's my take on that. I don't believe it's stagnated. I think it's just really much. It's in a really weird maturity stage right now where there is just, there's a huge influx of supply. So there's this massive influx of people like who are learning.
0: You're talking about just industry wide or are you talking about? I'll use this language. Just so
1: you know what I'm saying. When I say it supply is vendors willing to do the service Mm -hmm. demand is couples wanting to buy the service. So the supply has increased dramatically. There's a yep. lot of people willing to do that service. There's a lot of people adding it photographers, adding videography, you go on Craigslist. It's so much cheaper to do now. So there's just, we all talk about oh, the bottom feeders, you know, there are people willing to do four or $500 weddings all over the place. And, um, the average price of wedding videography on that report, I believe what was it like 10 years ago in t- mm-hmm. 2019 or 2009 it was like 1700 bucks, right? Or 1300 bucks.
0: Yeah, it was higher. Thirteen hundred bucks. So it's went down three
1: hundred dollars almost. Yep. That means that like there was a lot less people doing it. Less brides were buying it, but less people were doing it, and they were charging a little more. So that's a good and a bad thing.
0: Yep. Yep. Um. So, it, th- th- let's dive in a little bit to kind of specifics of of numbers. Uh. That that photographers and videographers are are spending what the average spend is why that number because a lot of people at home are probably like a thousand dollars for a videographer like I charge I'm trying to charge five thousand six thousand seven thousand that's kind of what I'm trying to do that can't that number can't be right so let, let's talk about numbers how many people are hiring um, videographers every year um, we, we talked about uh, that number is one million seventy nine thousand eight hundred and nineteen um, so the numbers, let me pull those up. I got them. So 42% of couples hire a videographer for under $500.
1: Yeah. So like pause.
0: Hang on. 28% of couples hire a videographer in the price of $500 to $1,000. So that's 70% of the industry that's hiring a videographer <laughs> is spending less than $1,000.
1: Well, so let's say it this way. Cause I like using supply and demand language. 70% of the demand is for weddings on or for wedding video under a thousand dollars. Is that what's the number there? I'm going to pull up the photography number while you're doing that. Cause I'm interested in that.
0: I got the high number for, for photography. Um, so I'll
1: keep going with that, that chart. So,
0: okay. So, so let's talk about, we, we just talked about the lower end of what people are willing to pay. Let's talk about the higher end. Cause I think that's where most,
1: they break it into five categories by the way. Yeah. So there's five tiers. This,
0: this is where a lot of videographers are, are trying to, you know, get their work and get this bride. It's a very specific demo. Like if you were, you know, a marketer and you, you know, they always talk about what like the 25 to 35 year old demo, like cause they have money and they're willing to spend it kind of thing. Like this is the target demo. I feel like for most videographers, um, 4%. So, uh, 46,391, uh, couples, are spending more than $3,000 on a wedding video. That's only 4% are spending more than $3,000 on a wedding video. So nuts. Uh, 9% of couples um, are spending $3,000 on uh, more than $3,000 on photo. So that number is almost double. Photographers are obviously making more money. If you look at videographers,
1: the same report will say like the under 500 spending range is 28% of couples. The five hundred to a thousand or to yeah a thousand range for photography is twenty six. So like just over fifty percent of couples like what is that like 58 percent um, is spending a thousand or less on photography. Mm-hmm. You put that with it's twenty percent lower than or higher than photography. Well, lower sorry, twenty percent better we'll say than than videography. Like if you're doing wedding photo, like you know most. Of you should be able to, if you're serious and you're a professional, it, it should be easy to get into that one thousand two thousand dollar range. I would even say, if you're starting out and you're halfway decent, you might as well start fifteen hundred bucks two thousand dollars. Why not? Because you have a yeah. huge percentage of the market. But, like, think about look at this the two thousand to five thousand plus range, you're talking like 21% of the market yeah. for photography. Two point four percent of couples are spending more than five grand on the photography. What is that for video?
0: Well, I'm sorry, what was that?
1: Two percent of the <laughs> market stupid. are spending more than five thousand on video. Yes. Pull the, vid- on yeah, the video yeah, on video. I
0: think up. it was, I think it was one percent. I'll pull One percent.
1: So two point four percent, five thousand plus on photography. Forty-six thousand weddings, or forty-eight thousand weddings spending okay. more than five grand on photography.
0: One point six percent of wedding videographers are able to get 5000 plus. How 1. many total 6. weddings is that? Seventeen 17 so that's
1: 17,000 weddings versus 48,000 weddings. Yes. 17 for video, 48 for photo. Like just let that sink in for a moment cuz
0: Well, you look at uh, so you look at the amount of people that are spending on less than 1000 and it's 750,000 compared to 17,000. The numbers are, it, it's just, they pale in comparison. So everyone is fighting for that 17,000. I'll even, I'll even say the $3,000 to plus, that's probably close to, what was it? 45,000, somewhere around there. Um, everyone's competing for that oh, 45,000 people compared to the 750,000 people. Well, with, photo, with photo,
1: people spending 3,000 plus, you're talking like 170,000 potential weddings. Yeah.
0: So this is really the reason why. Quit
1: quit video, guys. We're all going to do photos.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, you see the reason why so many people out there have um, a problem with the knot and wedding wire and why a lot of people are like, this doesn't work for me. i wasted a ton of money on the knot and wedding wire because really they're fist fighting with each other. It's a huge, like, just clustered knife fight. Let's just put ourselves in
1: a bride's perspective, right? Out of every bride that goes on the wedding wire knot, let's just say the percentages are probably accurate, right? And you want to charge $3,500, right? For your film. Out of those statistics, if those are like, they're probably pretty accurate. Like you're looking at if you're a photographer, like 10% of the brides max Mm -hmm. that can, and will buy your thing. And of course, we always talk about getting people to spend a little more. Let's be realistic, like you're not gonna be able to pull 10% of a market up. You're not gonna ever turn it to 20% of the market. Is gonna, maybe you could. And there's probably some people who are listening to this and going like, this is crap. I'm gonna transform the industry and we're all gonna magically make everyone richer. That's my thing about the whole thing is like, this is about how much money they have. It's not just what they're willing to give me, like, all these other factors, planners, wedding rings, invitations, food, venues, those all, they're not going to just go away. I was telling you before, I'm like, the only way this is going to really, really, really change is if one of those services goes away. Mm-hmm. But like cup and well, you know, we were saying too, or the economy like, transforms and people no, make way this more is, money.
0: This is the goal guys. If you're a wedding vendor, you really have to vote for Bernie Sanders because hmm. if he wins the presidency and cancels everyone's student debt,
1: um, I want to read an email to everybody. Um, cause we're really talking about market conditions, right? And market conditions right. have to do with not only, um, the wedding numbers, but you got to go even bigger and look at, um, just American yeah. economy.
0: And the reason why we got into the wedding industry is to read emails, right? So we're going to read another email to you right mm, now. Yes. Add it to your pile today.
1: Yes. Here we go. Um, and so this is from the wedding report. Um, and it's really fascinating. So the wedding rapport, the running rapport. Yeah. Yes, as the French would say. Or Stephen um, Colbert. So it says 2019 average cost of weddings in in the U.S. flat at twenty four thousand six hundred seventy five dollars. That's the the um, the title. Spending for weddings in 2019 was flat, so it didn't go up at twenty four thousand six seven five. A slight change from 2018. 24,063 so it went down like 60 bucks Um, couples are just not spending more despite a perceived great economy I still believe that lifestyle creep and general life expenses are changing the priority of how couples spend for their wedding total consumer debt is almost 14 trillion higher than any other time in history student loan and auto loan debt are higher than ever while household median income has increased to about 64k the cost of living continues to increase putting pressure on couples willingness to spend on their wedding. They are pr- prioritizing the things that are important and cutting back on everything else. So what are they telling us there? They're saying, basically, drop a,
0: out of school and uh, start a wedding. Business. It's not
1: just yeah. the school consumer debt.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: The consumer debt and the school debt and housing costs have went up. The cost of living is going up. It's just more expensive than ever. And so when people are coming to us as wedding, Creatives and his wedding professionals. There's less money there.
0: Yeah, I've always thought it the 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 idea of the economy in general Has been interesting because we got in the industry probably around like 2010 and everyone's always like oh the wedding industry. It's great It's recession-proof blah 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 um, And I didn't really notice a huge dip or really kind of growth at any given time I guess for wedding videography it really kind of peaked like 2014, well, 2015, but I don't know if that really. Well, had just much think to do about the, the choices
1: that we made when we started. Yeah. I believe the first wedding we ever shot was a fifty-five hundred dollars wedding. Yep. That we got paid for.
0: Yeah. 2010. We did a,
1: we did a free wedding, and yeah. then we charged people like six grand. Like, and then we had another ten thousand dollars jobs. Those were like our first two jobs.
0: 2010, middle of the recession.
1: Yeah, and so we immediately just skipped the whole that part of the market we were talking about that 70%. We never, we never even started there. Yeah. Um, which is just wacky and uh, it's not something I would totally recommend, but in terms of like our business, we just started high and we, we stuck around and we kept doing it for many years until we had generated enough reputation and enough momentum for our brand that it, it became easier. And actually we went down in price cause we had certain, goals we wanted to hit with some of our, um, volume, but in general, yeah, no. I mean, when you look at where the opportunity is, it's clearly not at the top of the market for most people. It's clearly in the top bottom part of the market. That's, that's the fat part. Yeah. But anyway, that has to do with, not just wedding decisions people are making, but the general economy in general. So right. it helps to know a little bit about that stuff. Cause then you can kind of taper expectations and set your business goals based on reality and not just yeah. fantasy.
0: For me, it kind of just reiterates again, that there's multiple ways to run a professional wedding creative company. It's not just, Hey, try to get this top tier, this top 4% of the industry, right? Yep. There's yep. this whole underbelly. I don't want to call it the underbelly that, a negative connotation but um, you know uh, brides that have a smaller budget that you can make a lot of money doing plenty of wedding <laughs> fills. not if you're films. lazy um, you know the scale model as some might call it and and there's a way to service those people really well and and you know make a full-time living you know i i, I always feel bad for um, the people out there and actually i think a report like this probably makes newbies kind of feel pretty great about like hey actually I'm doing okay because I'm actually the average, you know, I'm I'm the average right now, which is good. You should feel good about that. If you're at home and you are, you know, averaging, you know, 1500, 2000, just be happy that you're able to make money doing something awesome, right? Yeah, and, and then, not then,
1: having to work a job you hate.
0: Yeah, and and you know, if you're at that point, I think there's a bunch of different ways that you can become a full-time videographer. I, I think one way is obviously raise prices, work, you know, 10 20 30 weddings a year you know charge 20 grand for a film that's that's one way to do it um but the other way that you know is i think way less talked about is shoot 100 weddings get a bunch of your buddies and you know create a company where you guys are shooting 200 weddings a year mm-hmm. and, and, and like that's get paid, a way to do it too get and paid a
1: salary and not just paid based on you're you
0: know. not killing the industry the industry is actually like that is the industry. The industry
1: is designed for that. Yeah. That's the customer. Immediate. The customer base is designed for that type of industry. Like when you yeah. look and you go like 20% of the market is spending between a thousand, 2000 for wedding films. Yeah. And then the other 70% is spending less than a thousand. You're talking. Yeah. What concerns me. And I mentioned it on the Hans podcast is like when everyone is telling everybody, to target the top 10% of the market. Mm -hmm. And really most people are, when I hear people, Jared, most people are telling people to target the top 4% of the market, Mm -hmm. which is three grand and above. And that's nuts by the way, if you are charging, if you're shooting 20 to 25 weddings a year at over three grand, you're in a ridiculously exclusive club. Yeah, And you need to hear that, like be encouraged by it. But like, listen to this number. So, 4% of all couples are spending $3,000 or more on a wedding film. And that equals in the in the United States that's 46,000 weddings. That is not a lot of weddings for an entire industry to funnel all its talent. What into. was that number
0: again? Repeat that.
1: 4% of all couples are spending more than 3 grand. Yep. That's 46,000 total couples yeah. who are willing to spend for just are it's whatever you want to think if yep. you want to think there are more that are willing if somebody would have convinced them whatever yeah but that's reality they're yep. spending that much money so if it was evenly distributed so let's say the dream is everyone in the industry you're full-time if you're shooting 25 weddings yep only 1855 videographers total could service those weddings
0: yep so, so that, that would be one out of 18 videographers in the country would have attended vision quest
1: yeah. There's a hundred people there. Yeah. That's one out of 18. That's like yeah. 5% of all the videographers. Yeah. No, no, it's not. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. Right around there. Yeah, five around seven, 5%, percent. Like like at, a, yeah. at a thing like vision quest, that's 5% of all videographers who are going to make like, what is that? Yeah. 23 grand per wedding at 20 weddings. 25. That's like 130 grand, yeah. 100, yeah. 130 grand a year. Yeah. 130 grand a year. Yep. That's a crazy amount in an industry like a very small elite percentage of people are going to be able to do it that way mm-hmm. which is service and, and the higher you get it gets even I think Henry talked about it like you're you're when we were talking about competing for like those luxury it's, weddings
0: you're 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 fighting on a razor's edge essentially you oh, know yeah. it's like such a small amount you know it, it, what is it maybe maybe there's like a top like t- there's 10 wedding planners in the industry that are doing like maybe like five multi-million dollar events a year like right and so it's like even imagine it's fighting for like 30 40 50 say 100 be be generous 100 multi-million dollar weddings a year i think that's pretty generous too like if if that's the mecca that you're really fighting for i mean you're just you better get better than sculpting with time. Yeah, 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 yeah. It just becomes harder as you go up. So, you And know. then there's a, like on
1: the photography side, there's somebody who's just entrenched. Like there's a million, that that market, the people up there, they're not going anywhere.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Like Jose Villa, his brand is strong. We can probably go down a long list of people in the photography. They're not going yep. anywhere. I'm not telling everyone to quit either. I'm not no saying way. don't shoot for that 1%. So go for it.
0: A little bit about our story, too, is, you know, we essentially were like, we are going to be content in that, like, I think our average right now is about 3,700, which is like, it's a little more, a little more. So it's right around there. 38, that, 39 that's almost. great. And I feel awesome about that. And we're, we're shooting, as a lot of people would say, we're shooting scale, um, but it's not, you know, if Jay and I wanted to just go out and shoot 10 weddings a year for 20 grand a year, that's something I would be interested in. The artist in me is interested in that, but I would be like, we essentially created Stop Go Love to be able to buy the gear and do the art that we want to do. Well, let's you know, let's even a means about to an end.
1: Yes, but when you think about like as a business, right? Sure. You're making more money, but the overhead of the the irreplaceable person syndrome that comes, like the more expensive your wedding is, the more you are essential to that wedding, and the less you can trust anyone else but you yeah so like i have to edit personally i haven't edited a wedding in like five years yeah and now i'm editing these huxley weddings again because i don't want anybody else to do it because i i trust myself to get my vision across and the couples we have to go actually sit down with them and have dinner again these aren't things that are negative in and of themselves they're just business expenses it's overhead Mm -hmm. and it's like you're Every time you're increasing how much money you're making, yep. you're increasing how hard it is to make that product and how unscalable it is. Mm-hmm. Not only are there less couples and less opportunities to do that product, but you—the expectation for you—is much higher.
0: Yeah, something that I took away from from Henry and I've I followed Henry for a long period of time for probably since he really started. Since I feel like,
1: yeah, I, I feel like from he the was very beginning.
0: Henry Henry Weddings. Um, the thing that I noticed about him is he was always working. I would open up Instagram and see how he's working at two o'clock in the morning, you know, Oh, just putting on some, you know, color correction, eating Cheetos or whatever. Work, 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 work. I, I think the goal for a lot of, especially newer wedding professionals, isn't really raise your prices, raise your prices, raise your price. It's do more, do more, fill up your schedule. So you're just fully booked, take on people to help you out and then gradually raise prices over time. Because, A, it's gonna give you more opportunity to be great, to be an actual artist, um, but it's gonna fill you up your schedule. And when your schedule's filled, that's usually when you're actually able to, you know, turn it from a part-time gig to a full-time gig. Um, you, the goal should be to always, always, always just be working. No matter what the price is, always be working, and then worry yeah, about the price. Yeah, that that.
1: that's really what it is, is. What do I wanna do? Mm-hmm. Like, so what do I wanna make? What do I want my process to be? And does that support a full-time job? Mm-hmm. And that means I work full-time. Like I will never support a person who wants to work three or four months out of the year. I think that's crap. I'm um, just, my personal opinion. Like, so boring. Well, it's just like, I don't care if that, I like, I don't, support. and I like to
0: go job. on month long vacations, but, <laughs> but yeah, like it makes go, it all worth it.
1: Go on a vacation. Great. But like, if you think if that's your version of work life balance, First of all, that's not balanced. No other time in history has that been even possible. Like, could you be any more of an entitled American millennial like stereotype than a person who wants to just sit or like, literally go on vacation for six months? I'm traveling. Like you're like, go work, go get your job. Or like someone else will take your job and I will laugh and I'll be happy. (laughs) Like, Like, I don't want that type of mentality to infiltrate America. I yeah. want people to be like, have balance, have, and have boundaries and make them very firm and don't kill yourself and put your family first yeah. and, and rest. But like the industry will not support that mentality. Yeah. The, the market won't support it.
0: I, you know, I think it depends what your goals are too. So like personally, like if I'm, if I'm a person that's like, you know what? I don't, I live at home. Like I live at home and what I really want to do is do awesome video, you know, and if that includes traveling six months out of the year, I don't really have a problem with that. You just have to realize if you do that, if you are willing, if you're going to travel for six months out of the year and then maybe shoot some weddings over the summertime or whatever, people will replace you. Like, I, I know, I know people who have become travel vloggers and have like, gotten out of the industry cuz they feel like too good for it or something and then they're like ah i actually need to make oh, money nobody... cuz i want to have a wife and kids and have yeah. all these things then they come back and they realize they've been replaced and it's like if you think the market is saturated now wait a year wait two years wait three years Every you think it's going to be less saturated? saturated and and as technology advances as editing becomes easier like you know actually have you have you tried the osmo um the software, the editing software on the, on the little DJI Osmo. No. I mean, you just have like technology that it will edit for you. You think editing is going to become harder over time. It's going to be easier. Yeah. So, like you could probably
1: edit most people's wedding films directly on an iPhone. Yeah. And the average person wouldn't notice. Yeah.
0: And, and as it becomes easier to hire someone from Ukraine or Costa Rica, you know, that price is going to go down and just the ability to be able to, you know, do video, becomes easier.
1: I'm going to just give you a wake up call. Yeah. You're not special. You're, you're not special. You're replaceable. The only thing that makes you irreplaceable to an industry is you being personally connected in relationships. The second you're done with the relationships in the industry, the industry will be done with you. Yeah. That's a fact.
0: And even I find with planners, if you're not always front of mind, if you're not always reaching out to them and like, Oh man, I just wanted to, you know say thank you for the opportunity and you, you just you take anything for granted in the wedding industry like you will be replaced quickly people I feel will forget like about like you quickly people it's all flavor
2: of the month six month windows yep. yep yep
1: like we and we kill ourselves to get those relationships and keep them and like i value that so so let's get back into these numbers sure yeah um because i I want to provide some value to people and I want to give them some ways of thinking and going forward. And I want to talk about our takeaways from it too. So just as a recap, we're talking total weddings from 2019, 2,203,712, all right? Out of those total weddings, those 2,200,000-ish weddings, you're talking 46,000, 300 of them spent more than three grand on video and like 9% of them spent more than 3000 on photo. So what I think is interesting is that there's an entire side of our industry funneling every single professional into that 9% Mm -hmm. and devaluing the entire 90% below it. If it was like 50%, by the way, I would understand. But when I'm like, that's me as a business person. I, I go like, nobody's targeting these people. They're like fish in a barrel. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Oh, I don't want to do that. Okay. Well, somebody will figure out this. Like someone will figure out a way to make the same amount of profit off of that 70% as you do making those weddings for five grand. Mm -hmm. Someone will figure it out. Hopefully it's me. Yep.
0: You know, you hear about all these like photographers and videographers, you hear all these horror stories and you know, the people that I know, I don't think they're the people that uh, a lot of these horror stories are being generated from the people that I'm just like close with. Um, but I'm like, who's doing it? It's this whole underbelly of, of there is wedding. an underbelly. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the people, it's, it's, the, it's us. People. It's us. It's well, it, the, the Craigslist people. And and there's a whole industry there that I think goes unrealized that it's like, if you at home targeted those people, there's a whole career there that I think doesn't get really talked about at all. And, and and
2: think about a bride
1: that is totally outside of the norm and is going to come directly to you and ask you to buy something. And that is totally underserved. Mm -hmm. Like that's, there's an entire secret population of brides who are not even looking in the traditional places. And you know, I, I don't necessarily want to be meeting that need, but what I think is, annoying to me is when say somebody thought of a great company like that was able to provide $500 weddings Mm -hmm. to these brides who are, that's all they're going to buy. Yeah. You know, they don't value it at all and they were doing as good of a job as you can do. Because the other thing about this group of brides is apparently they don't care what it looks like. Like that's my, it seems like my guess is they're not that picky in terms or they're super picky and Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what you do. Yeah in which case, who cares, it's still the same. And like, I think if someone was able to do that, they would make a lot of money yeah, and they would do really well. And that's valid, yeah, that's valid. It might not be your path and it's not necess- like, you can't build an entire industry where everyone, but like, that's the whole point of what I'm really saying is not everyone can charge 10 grand, only a finite amount of people can charge 10 grand. That's a rule. Yep. Only finite people can charge three grand plus, even though we try to pretend that That's where everyone should be charging. The numbers don't bear that out. That's actually ridiculous. Mm -hmm. The numbers tell you that only 10% of all providers actually are going to get away with working full time Mm -hmm. charging that. Like I said, 1800, if it was all videographers, 1800 total could work and make like 140 grand a year doing videography, charging three grand each. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot more, if you're willing to do 50 weddings, think about how many more brides you get. If you're willing to do 60 weddings, I mean, I'm not saying you can or should, you might need a team, all these things, but like the more you can start expanding your way of thinking and being creative and saying, how do I get people from each market, pulling them in? And of course, sales. Sales is a big part of it. Can I get a $2,000 bride to move up 500 bucks? Can you get good at those things? But like, I look at that low, 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 that underground market of brides, I we'll call it that, and say there is opportunity there for someone. It's interesting that, yeah, that you bring it up.
0: the people that you're competing with Um, are on Craigslist, you know, you could go on Craigslist yourself. I I think there are ways that you can, uh, I'm I'm curious to see, you know, cause I think it will eventually happen. I think it'll eventually happen where you have people that are just like, Hey, I want to shoot 500 weddings a year and just get my team together and grow this McDonald's of wedding videography and McDonald's. And actually, you know, I think there are some out there. Um, but can they make something that's actually good? That's does it
1: have to be good? That's my question it's like, and I'm not, into, and,
0: and what's the I definition don't of want, good? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't
1: want to make that. That wouldn't be fun for me. But yeah. when I think about it, I'm like, does it even need to be good? Yeah. Like you as an artist, of course should make something good, but like a company running a business, if the bride can't see the difference between Henry Martins and a guy on Craigslist, mm-hmm. why the heck should we send them Henry Martins?
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and there are some people that honestly, I get a lot of inquiries that are just like, Hey, all we want is a ceremony filmed. They're not even interested in watching themselves that way. So it's like there, there's people that aren't even interested in your art form either. Like, it's like, yeah, you can do all this artistic stuff. Some people wouldn't even enjoy that. So the, I, I think there's a lot of people like that. Maybe it is, does have to do with, you know, I don't have the budget, so I don't even want to think about it. I, I haven't opened myself up to the idea of even entertaining myself in like a, a a highlight film, yeah. Where they're just like, I want it because my my grandma will enjoy it. That's photography
1: has it. the benefit of being. Think about how old photography is as a medium.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about it right now.
1: Okay, everyone, think about it together. <laughs> Very old. Yeah. Um, it's different, of course, yeah. and the technology is different, but the awareness within, like, hundreds of years, people have been taking photos of weddings, mm-hmm. at least you know a couple, and so this is like it's taken like a hundred years. I mean, we'll say even like looking at 35 millimeter film and and stuff like that, you know, from the sixties and stuff like it's taken a really long time to get that industry to the point where it's like 90% of couples are getting wedding photography Mm -hmm. and we're all pissed off as videographers that the accessibility of like, you know, cinematic wedding films. Um, I would say the advent or, you know, 2009 ish is when that really became a real thing, maybe a little earlier. It's been like 11 years, maybe 10, like 10, if you really want. And even since the, I think the Sony, like the A7 really brought it down even another level where a lot of people who never otherwise would have been able to afford Canon were able to get in at a full frame sensor and really make some products that were more cinematic. I don't know. What is that? Five years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all,
1: it's like a new industry. Yeah. So, totally. you know, I think we got nowhere to go but up.
0: Yeah, I, I, I hope so. And that's kind of where I wanted to go to is like, what does the future hold for photography and videography? Like, I always say, I think photography is five years ahead, at least five years ahead of, of videographer in, in terms of like their approach on getting, you know, we see it. They they own 40% more of the market. Than, what
1: did, what did uh, the Hans say? They said like, they would have like, if they would have 40 people in a workshop, only three of them would be filmmakers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're talking about, I feel like videographers just woke up to the fact that they should have like things like branding and, and, you know, there's been people doing it forever, but you know, a larger amount of people are, are starting to take their videography company, um, seriously, like, uh, or, or, or to take their brand seriously. Yeah. Running say. like
1: real businesses yeah. that aren't embarrassing.
0: Yep. Yep. And 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 really pushing the bounds as far as what they can do creatively, um, so I think um, where photography is 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 going is you know hopefully up. I think eventually people will probably start eloping a lot more. You know, you started seeing that happen a lot. Um, There's
1: a market opportunity there, by the way. Totally, totally. Like if someone is is spending instead of twenty eight grand or whatever on their ceremony, they're spending. Like nothing, basically, yeah. and all they're buying is you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of people out there that are like, well, I could spend thirty, you know, twenty nine thousand dollars on a wedding, or I could spend seven thousand dollars on a really good meal and a, a trip to Iceland and hire my photographer. What would I rather enjoy? You know, there are people out there that are you know ballsy enough to do it. And, well, and, isn't
1: that where everything's going? Is yeah. like
0: everything is going into a
1: place of personal preference and, um, customizability. Yeah. Right. And I think that's the future of the wedding industry. in, in some respect, not yep. everyone, mo- the traditional wedding will always be a thing. The Lux wedding will always be a thing. Um, the weddings, the Craigslist wedding, they will yep. always be a thing, but I think a new thing that will come is the totally bespoke wedding mm-hmm. where it's, it's literally like they just don't get, a bunch of things they're like, Oh, we don't care about this. We don't care about this. We don't care about this. All we care about, we want to have a ceremony. So we're going to go into the mountains and do a quick ceremony and we're going to go on our dream vacation and travel to Bali and all around Asia. Mm -hmm. And we're going to hire a really good filmmaker or a really good photographer and give that to our kids.
2: Yep,
0: That's why I think sometimes these numbers, like they're pretty consistent across the board Mm -hmm. year to year. They're consistent, but it's hard to tell. Like I, I, I read that email. That's like, you know, the wedding industry, the amount that people are spending is pretty much plateaued. And I'm like, well, maybe overall for everybody. But certain he didn't industries... didn't say it
1: pl- plateaued. He said it flatlined.
0: Flatlined. It might still be... What's the difference to well,
1: So a plateau means it's over. It will never grow again. Really? Flatlining means is the last year... Like a plateau is like the top of a range of areas. If you go to the mountain areas, it plateaus and it's done.
0: Hmm. Okay. So we've f- I always thought the plateau was before the mountain and it was just a period in if time You go into
1: like Arizona, it's like all oh, those plateaus are okay. Okay. They're <laughs> like these flat
0: mountains that just flatten off at the top. I need to go hiking more. Yeah. I pretend to hike too much.
2: That's, yeah. that's it. I well you too just much buy hikey ish and- hikey clothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get outworn. Um but anyway, yeah. we're
1: flatlined now. Yeah. And I and I think that's probably true, but I think the industry I think I don't have any data behind this. I truly believe it though. I think that the supply has caught up with the demand Mm -hmm. and maybe exceeded the demand. Sure. There's probably more people trying to get into this industry than there are jobs. Mm -hmm. And this is because everyone is telling everyone that you can make three grand easy. And this is what it should be. And everyone should be charging this. And you're like, actually, no, we really can't afford.
0: Do you think there's a a photography videography, Bubble or a wedding industry bubble? Oh my
1: good! I yes, we're gonna crash. <laughs> like I'm not gonna crash, but somebody's gonna crash. Yeah. There's like there. If the more people we educate and we sell workshops to, which like I am in favor of, and guess what? If you're selling those workshops, you're the best and you're awesome, and we can't wait to have you on How to Film Weddings in a couple of weeks. Yeah, but if you are buying into those classes, be aware that the more people that get into that it doesn't mean there are more weddings available.
0: Mm -hmm. I think the people, I don't
1: think that the 40% of or the 50% of people who didn't buy wedding films didn't buy them because no one was available to give them to them.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. You kind of have this sweet spot, uh, you know, uh, of, of person, right? Like the upper middle class, right? Mm -hmm. That can probably be like, we'll afford a wedding film or a photographer in this range of like 2000 to $5,000. You have the people who are just, you know, infinitely rich, who will always pay 10, 20 grand for said person, artist, whatever. I don't think those people really have to worry about the lot. I think the people that have to worry are those people that are, you know, reaching a little bit for that middle, you know, class person. Who's like, okay, the economy crashes. There's not as many as much liquid cash, and they're going to go down a level quick to find that a thousand dollars less
1: who's vulnerable right now. The people that are vulnerable are the people you just described, right? Exactly. And then also people who have been in the industry a long time who actually suck. Like if you're $3,500 and, and like, cause this is, I'll be totally Frank because why not? <laughs> I'll see some people on Facebook complaining they're like, Oh, it's way harder than ever. It's so hard to get jobs. And I always go look at your work. <laughs> if you ever say that I will click and I'll go look at your work. I will never say it publicly. Cause I, you know, I actually feel bad. I know it's people, unless living. it's in a podcast. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not going to call you out individually, uh, no, totally. but I'll call totally. you out as a group of people, totally. you suck. You're not good. Like the reason why no one wants to call you anymore is because the supply and the market is actually better than what it used to be. Totally. They don't have to pick your crappy work. So, so on one level, there might be people willing to pay less, Mm-hmm and you can build an entire company just doing $1,500 weddings and the expectations are very low. But on another hand, people who are paying 3,500 expect better, Yeah, expect more. And if you're not able to reach that level, you're going to struggle a little. And like, so if you're like, if you used to do gangbusters at 35, 38, 5,000, and now you're not doing that so well, you need to look really, really like, have an honest reflective look at itself in the mirror and say, am I up to par? And go look at everyone around you who's charging thirty five hundred dollars, four thousand, five thousand plus eight, whatever you want to be at, and be like, are the people who I'm competing against, are they just doing better? Because those people are vulnerable.
0: It's dude, it's a thing that um not scares me, but scares me. This is oh, the thing that scares me the most. Yes. I, I feel like I'm always looking at what we're doing. We still record in 1080. We still Deliver in 1080. Oh, yeah. What is everyone else doing? For a while, I was like, oh, shoot. You know, has it happened? Has everyone made the switch over to 4K? Are we, do I need to shoot 4K? Mm -hmm. Am I going to start, stop losing jobs to 4K? The answer is no. Not not yet. yet. (laughs) But eventually, yeah. You better believe I have my fingers on the pulse. So when that shoe drops, once I start getting calls on a weekly basis, like, do you know the difference? Do you record in 4K or 1080 and people start actually caring? You better believe we're making that switch. But right now, Why
1: here's the people that are getting caught and they're losing their businesses that they used to find that they're doing better are people that got caught flat footed. Yep. Those people that are struggling that are vulnerable to this market shift and this um, really the bubble that's happening where the supply is outpacing the demand. So there's a lot of creatives coming into the industry wanting to be creatives. And a lot of them are good Mm -hmm. and talented and they have just not done it enough to charge as much as you. So they're coming up, charging two grand, and they're actually really talented. And you're charging 3500 and you've been doing it for 10 years, and you haven't developed or grown at all, and you actually stink, and your work is dated terrible. Your branding is awful. Your fonts are bad. The website experience is terrible. But you think because you had a bunch of work in the past that, like, and, and like, my opinion, your work sucks, possibly, but, like, also, like, a person that doesn't care about serving the industry. Well, how good are they going to be to work with? Mm -hmm. Like they're not going to be well-respected. It's just like a type of person. It's a bad character trait. Mm -hmm. Not giving a crap about people is bad. Not caring about your customers is bad. And there's a lot of people who really do care and they're coming up and they're going to take your work.
0: Yep. It's a, and I think it's a slow bleed. Like, you're not, you know, it's it's death by a thousand paper cuts. It's slow burn. Like you'll gradually, it's not gonna be one year you fall off. It's, hey, you know, I have a good reputation and that goes a long way. So even if someone doesn't like your work as much as a young person, you might still win some people over because they're like, well, this person's been yeah, doing it for person a long who's time, like- they have good reviews, whatever. And then, but eventually as that young person gets more talented and starts raising their prices over time, you'll start losing more to them because your work just can't even compare to what they're doing. You
1: got to constantly be growing new fruit on the vine. Yeah. Yeah. Because because you cannot be a person who just sits there and chills. And like, for some of you, that's going to mean lowering your prices. For some of you, that's going to be raising your prices. Like there's a lot of equations you can do, you know, in terms of like, I talked to a person. First step,
0: check your ego, man. That's the first thing. Check your ego at the door. Like, cause that, I think that's where a lot of people start is they're like, I couldn't do that. And it's just like, there's a bunch of different models. Like if, if if for us, like, I love what we get to do. I think we shoot awesome weddings and awesome places with awesome vendors. But you know what? If we were like, you know what? This doesn't make any sense. Like no one is profitable making these wedding films in this price range. I would be like, we have to figure something out. What works for us now?
1: It, I don't even know why it matters to people. Yeah. To me, I'm, sure. like, I'm like, I don't care how much we charge. Like, I want to charge, I want to make more money. Yeah. But it, like, per, on a personal level, it doesn't make me feel any certain way mm-hmm. to charge a certain amount of money. Like, if I wanted to work a wedding and I really wanted to do it and the person was like, well, I only have five grand, I'd be like, well, whatever. I might do it. Yeah. If we had time. And it was like, I don't care. Yeah, it, I mean, I think it doesn't just do it
0: yeah. recently. It was like, I don't care. That was like awesome wedding in California, hey, you know, yeah. Hey, this sounds like an awesome wedding that like we can the showcase. planner.
1: I wanted to work there. Mm-hmm. We had, we're making 13 grand already on that weekend. Yeah. So it's like you make choices
0: based on your business. Like, I, I think if we really wanted to, we could push for one $20,000 wedding film at this point. Would that make me feel like a $20,000 wedding video? I read no, <laughs> it
1: wouldn't make me feel any certain way I <laughs> because don't... I
0: would just be like, Well, I did it that one time, but it was really, I just tricked them into it. Like, it, it, what it's can so you do work. on a consistent basis? And you know, I I, I I hear what you're saying. Like, why does it really matter on a personal level? I think people want to feel like they, um, what they do means something. You know what, I'll say we, we just finished that Huxley film, right? Watching, um, the couple's reaction to that wedding film made that was the kind of stuff that I'm like, Oh, that matters to me a lot. That's the thing that I'm like, Oh, I just feel so great. Cause you know, you hear it all the time. If if you're any good at videography, you'll hear it like, you know, ah, we love the wedding film so much. You guys are so talented. And it's just like, you talk to people so much that pretty much you feel like everyone's just full of crap most of the time. Anyways, like, even if they mean something else, they'll tell you that and just be polite. And, and you know, that's great thing about society. But when you can see someone's reaction on camera to their wedding film, Oh, there's nothing like that. We just had that last week and it was like, this is the reason why we do this at the end of the day. Yeah, we have a career and we do this, but man, I get so much more fulfillment out of making someone's day by watching their wedding film, even like, even then I do like the creative expression part. I like, don't oh, care. The, the price so
1: thing only matters. I like money and I like, I like not having to worry. Yeah. I just like, I like like stability. I yeah. want like a stable thing. I want but to be able to make sure I'm going to provide for my guys.
0: I don't feel, I, I don't feel that at all, that kind of satisfaction when I tell people, Oh yeah, we charge as much for a wedding film or, you know, whatever. I don't think there should be much
1: I think that that's just
0: pride in that.
1: I think ego and we talk about it. I'm fine. If we talk about it every single week, check your ego at the door. If you're making art, ego will crush your creativity because it'll force your concept of who you are to be like funneled into a lot of very tangible things, Mm -hmm. which aren't creative. It's not creative. Like the dollar amount that you shoot a wedding for is, is a restriction that isn't creative. Now, Supply and demand should dictate that too. Mm-hmm. So, so let's talk a little bit about that. Sure. Because your creativity and your skill are part of it. And the ego, you got to check your ego at the door. Let the numbers tell you. What are some numbers that can tell someone um, where they really should put themselves price-wise? Because I have some in my head. But what, if somebody was looking at those numbers and going, crap, where should my pricing be then? Like, what are, are there some hard numbers that people can look at? that should give them that insight?
0: Um, I would say what can fill up your schedule first, first of all, like, I I don't know. I don't know if people really know that when they first starting out though. No. So it's like, where do they start? Well, it's
1: a trial and error, right? Sure. That's what you're trying to do is you're trying to figure that out. Yeah. That's like your number one job. So this is what I'll tell you. I have a very simple equation I use for our business Mm -hmm. and it might not work for you, but probably will. Um, which is 20, 25% close rate. That's what I want. Yep. If you're way higher than that, it means that either you're not attracting enough leads to really make your data valuable. Like you need a good amount. Like, I think you should have at least a hundred leads a year Mm
2: -hmm.
1: that you're looking at in, in various levels, some cold leads that are really junky and they're not qualified. Mm -hmm. There's going to be like a 33% that just immediately fall off. And then there's gonna be like that other 66% that you're gonna to talk to. And out of those people, your total, you're gonna to book 20% total out of your total leads. 20, 25, a little less, even 18 mm-hmm. is okay. If you're, you need to try to find a way that you can generate leads. So your product has to be good enough to make someone reach out to you at that price point that you're either advertising or known as. Mm-hmm. So one thing to look at is, am I getting enough leads? Mm -hmm. And how is my pricing structured on the front? If a person looks at your site or they look at the little dollar, which I think that dollar sign thing on the knot and wedding wire is kind of like, what does that mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know.
0: I think it's kind of a little bit useless because right next to it, it says how much you are. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, (laughs) but like, say you're, if you're in like a certain pricing category, um, people looking at your price, are they reaching out? Mm -hmm. So if no one is reaching out, either you need to do more advertising and marketing. You just don't have enough opportunities in marketing. We do advertising for big companies. And oftentimes I'm telling you, like, you're talking about a 1% conversion rate on your reach and then a 1% capture rate after that. Mm -hmm. So I need a, if I want like 10 people to buy something, I'm going to get 1% of 1% to get Mm -hmm. that 10 people. Mm -hmm. And that's just like selling decks and selling all kinds of stuff like this. Weddings are different. Hopefully you, 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 the numbers are better there, but you need a lot more than most people think. Like, let's imagine it's 10%. You need, if you want to get 10 people to reach out to you, you got to get in front of a hundred brides.
0: I thought it it was interesting to, um, when we first started out, we had obviously had much fewer leads Mm -hmm. than we do now. Um, close rate was probably higher way higher because the quality leads that are coming in, uh, the leads that are coming in are much higher quality, right? Yes, yes. So it's like, you know, say you have 10 leads come in, this is your first year um, and you have seven weddings. That's a pretty good year. That's a great. Close rate. A lot of people are upset when, you know, that number goes from 70% to 50% to 30%. Oh yeah. 10, they think things are going bad. And I'm here to tell poorly. you
1: that actually things are going good. Yeah. As long as your n- lead number is increasing yep. in, a, in a right number is like, And a lot of people like, I like, if you don't want to be dealing with leads, if that's the thing that you're like, stops you from growing your business, someone else will decide to deal with that lead and this will hurt your business. Mm -hmm. You can't, to me, that's foolish. If you're like, I'm not going to be talking to all those brides. It's like, well, I will.
0: Yeah. Like
1: that's dumb. Mm -hmm. So you're going to just do make decisions that make it impossible for you to get what you really want just cause you don't want to respond to an extra 30 people on an email. Yeah. That's ridiculous to me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I honestly think like most people's businesses are stunted by their poor marketing and their poor approach to processing their leads. And they don't understand what a good close rate is. Mm-hmm. So they think they should be closing 50%. Exactly what you said. 70%. Oh, Oh, we're getting ghosted more. Tell me how many leads you were closing on. Oh yeah. I, I got 10 leads. I got 20 leads and I got 15 weddings. So it's going bad now. Yeah. Do you think that you're going to do that every year? Mm-hmm. You got lucky.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You got lucky. 20 20 people reaching out and 50 of them make a purchase that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like nobody is going to sustain that market.
2: Yep. Yep.
1: Like you have to have a rainmaker. You have to know how to do a rain dance, make your own rain. You can't just be literally like in business, real big world business. What they're looking for is 50/50 on all closes. 50% from referrals. That means you're doing a good job. You're creating happy customers and lo- brand loyalty. 50% need to come from lead, like cold marketing. Mm-hmm. Cause that means that you're refilling the referral tree because like you're, that goes away. A group of friends, they stop having people to refer after a while.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like they all get older and they don't know anyone getting married anymore. Yep. So if you're not replacing that funnel, you're going to be screwed. So my encouragement to you is look at your total leads then try to get 25% closed. And if you want to shoot 25 weddings and that's what your capacity is, you know, that's really hundred leads. Mm-hmm. If you've got a hundred leads and you're closing 20 and you're 25 weddings, you're killing it. You're doing awesome. And like, you want to do 30, try to add another, you know, 20% on top, do 120, mm-hmm. try to get more leads and try to get more people in the funnel. And that's a really, that's a super healthy business
2: mm-hmm.
1: right there doesn't mean it's the only way to do it, but I think it's the right way to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And in talking about leads too, you talked about referrals.
2: By the way,
1: sorry. Luxury is totally different. Yeah. When you're talking about that uh, Uber luxury couple, you're never going to get enough like you're going to have to have a high close rate. Mm-hmm. So, like the stakes are totally different. It it's feast or famine up there.
0: Yeah. So so with the uh Yeah. With, with your referrals, um, you had mentioned, you know, I think a lot of times people think of most of the referrals coming from couples, you know, which is great. Yeah. Um, We,
1: we consider vendors.
0: Referrals can also be the vendor side too, Mm -hmm. vendors venues. And, and I think especially as a wedding videographer myself uh, and, and talking to other people, um, that stream is kind of overlooked a little bit, um, with photographers especially like, so, so as a, a way that you can just get in an extra 10, 20 leads, if you have great relationships with photographers, honestly, if you just reach out to the photographers that you're going to work with beforehand, you're going to increase your lead rate by like 10% <laughs> at least. we love our, right if you're
1: listening head. or one of our photographer friends, we literally, literally love you. Yeah, You're some of our favorite people because we genuinely have real relationships with you guys.
0: And we get to see you more. Yeah, we then love we hanging out with these people. Other <laughs> videographers. And we're
1: so grateful for these people. Mm-hmm. So grateful. And it's like, well, I see all these people have these terrible relationships, and I'm like, how do they make any money?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Like having all these issues. So anyway, that's my answer to if you hear all these numbers, you try to figure out how to get these people in your funnel. Mm-hmm. Try to figure out how I can increase these people reaching out to me. Yep. Um, hopefully some of these numbers will help you make a, some tactical decisions about where you need to be. I do want everyone to make more money. And I, if I'm wrong, I would be super psyched to be wrong about this one. Mm-hmm. If all of us can just start charging more and that's the reason why our average is lower, mm-hmm. um, great. Yep. That's incredible. And, but I don't think so.
0: Yeah, I, I think in general, the idea would be that uh, there would be more high-end brides and more low-end brides that are, you know, getting so, videography. But isn't that, that just
1: the economy? Totally. It's not me. It's not you. It's it's like everyone.
0: It, what people value, um, which I do think does um, hinge on on the work that's being put out and the value to the couple that's being put out. Like I, I think, you know. But
1: also, it, the people don't make, like they have to make, their stuff has to start costing less for yep. them to get into that place.
0: We we have potentially flatlined a little bit, not plateaued. No, um, in there's general, more growth. As as, we can do it. I, I, just looking at the the numbers on on you know um, the wedding report, I, I think the same amount of people are hiring video this year as they did last year, um, as yeah, opposed to worse. 2014 to 15. That was huge growth. I'd like to see more growth, but um, but I think that's not really anything I have control over. So I'll focus on the things that I have control over. So yeah. um, And
1: that's what it is. I know that numbers aren't everybody's favorite. Um, so let's just recap a bunch of resources for you. I want you to check out. We're going to put the links in the descriptions on our YouTube page. Um, so you go on there you can check them out. We have, um, the wedding wire has their annual, um, wedding report. I believe it's called the newlywed report. Um, and then we also a little bit looked at the knots, Um, wedding study, which is a little different. I don't think has as much dollar numbers. And then we of course have the incredible service, which is the wedding report that's over at, um, what wedding dot report, I believe it is. Is that the Uh, website?
0: Yeah. Wedding dot report.
1: Wedding dot report. Really great website. Um, totally worth the money. Go on there, dig around, start making tactical decisions based on numbers. And that's really what I want to hear you guys like, I want to end it on this one, Jared, and then we'll really quick talk about some stuff we're into. Don't do things because people have opinions. Go look yourself. Like, go look yourself. Educate yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, what? You, like, if I made you mad because I said some stuff you don't agree with, awesome. I like to incite a little rage in people. I want, <laughs> I want to force you to think about, at least I made you feel something. That's good art. And um, But don't take my word for it. Yeah. Like go on there and do the research. And, and if you come away with a different conclusion, let's, let's have a conversation. But like, that's how we're going to get somewhere as an industry is people actually not just listening to talking heads, but becoming informed and all of us b- really owning our own business, yeah. being your own advocate.
0: Yeah. If you've listened to the podcast, literally at all, you know, that we're not the people that are like charge more work less. Like we kind of have a, a thing against that general concept. Like, we really want people to make more money for the art that they do. Like, you deserve it. Like, you work really hard, especially if you're a super hard worker. You deserve to make more. You deserve to have a house and a family and, stable, you know, a stable condition where you're not working until 2 o'clock in the morning every single night. All those things. Um, I think we're just like, there are a bunch of ways to do that. You deserve to make more money. And so, when we say these things, you know, I, I just don't want people to feel like there's only this one way for you to make money and it's by doing it this one certain way. And you know, people feel bad about like, well, I'm not doing things that way. And you know, like Brittany said, um, on the Hans episode, you know, um, you need to give yourself the permission to succeed in this area, but it, it really comes down to statistics. There's not just this one way of like doing less work and charging more and you're not ruining the industry actually the main industry you're probably making more than what most of the industry currently makes as it is.
1: Well, and honestly, if, if you're listening
0: to this, podcast, if there's probably, creative
1: people that can find a way to make money in the middle of that market, it'll push out some real scummy people at the bottom that are creating crap. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of people at the top creating crap. Mm-hmm. Most, everyone's doing a pretty good job. The market, if you want to lift the industry up, lift the, it from the bottom up. That's mm-hmm. my opinion is if the people charging 500 start charging a thousand and it And it's just the quality gets better at the bottom. Mm -hmm. That's when the expectation changes. And I think people start going and like, Oh, we have to educate the bottom of the market, which Mm -hmm. is the customers that you can get a better product, but they're not even calling us. Yeah. So when it's like, Oh, you got to educate people. Nobody who is willing to buy uncle Bob on Craigslist is giving us a call.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So I don't even have the opportunity to educate them. Yeah. So, um, so hopefully that was at least a little informative. We didn't want to give it away because we do want you to buy wedding report. We don't get anything from it, by the way. We're not sponsored by them, No. but, um, we, we do respect what they do and I don't want to give away all their stats and yeah. all their numbers cause it's a really great service. So let's hop, check it out.
0: Let's hop into, um, what's your favorite thing, Jay?
1: Okay. So, um,
0: do we I, have it? Do we have a, a, a theme I, yet on yeah. our board?
1: So I got a theme of what?
0: Uh, theme music.
1: Oh, I don't have a theme. <laughs> okay. So I just got these Lumi cubes, um, which I know a lot of you have already gotten, but, um, I'm excited about the creative possibilities of a, having a light that I can like just light a ring with or just goof around with. So these are a lot of fun and, um, I'm excited about these. And then what I'm really excited about.
0: Can I just say about those things when you first showed them to me I, and I don't know why I'm still trying to pin down why judgmental. I was, I, it was just full of rage for them. Yeah. I was like, those freaking lights, come on. I was like, I hate those things. Well, it's lighting it right the now. I know. Look it's at this. It
1: even has a shadow behind you. It's,
0: I've just bought so much crappy gear over the years that it just reminds me of all the crappy. It was I the deal of the day.
1: It was the deal of the day. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I just, it, it was back ordered for like months. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's probably good. Yeah. People love it. Um, But it's kind of a fun thing and you can like do some interesting, like have yeah. these magnetic adapters that and the magnets will inevitably fall off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. Oh, it's so cinematic.
0: So are you going to double dip on? Yeah, yeah. I am going
1: to double dip. Cause okay. I, cause I finally got one of the things that everyone knows about. This isn't new, but I've been wanting it forever. And I had a finally had an excuse to buy one. This is a mix pre three, the two. I always hope I actually bought the two. Sometimes i be like, did I even check? I don't know. Cause this, um, so this has, uh, that thir- has happened before one, yeah. <laughs> or twice 32 <laughs> bit floating point, which is basically a much more high, um, headroom mm-hmm. file that lets you have a little more, a lot more play in terms of if you overload the signal, you can basically reset the zero point mm-hmm. on the, the waveform, which means if you overload the signal, you can f- keep fixing, fix, peaking out. We're probably going to do some content on 32 bit float in the future versus our h6 and so we can try to peek it out and then we'll show you what it does so definitely check that out but this thing is nuts first of all it takes double a batteries which i love and then the final awesome thing about it is um that it has analog limiters Mm -hmm. which basically if you're a nerd and you want to know why that's better basically before it records it it limits the audio before it hits the recorder instead of most of our recorders which have digital limiters so it's hitting the preamp and going through it. This one has it at a preamp level. So it's just, and, and if you know sound devices, they make professional grade stuff, amazing preamps. I mean, everything's a knob, it, these things are nuts. So I'm super psyched about this and I can't wait to use it in Las Vegas.
0: So I'm also a nerd, but a nerd in a different way. So my wife um, showed me uh, Settlers of Catan on her phone recently. Oh yeah. And it's been, uh, I wouldn't say ruining my life. I would just say it's been taking some Isn't of my life Isn't it bringing you guys closer me. together though? It is, um, but also I'm better at it than she <laughs> is, so she uh, she gets a little bit more angry. But because uh, she probably Kattan, thought she
1: was awesome before you started playing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, she
0: she will play the computer, and uh, actually she does play a lot of people online now too. Um, That's only way you get better. But settlers of Catan, no longer do you have to spend all that time setting up your board and meeting with your annoying friends. Now you can play it in the comfort of your sweats at home. Uh, and that's been my fun. I hate those lights so much. (laughs) I have to use them actually on, on a wedding. And then I might feel differently about you'll like them. Yeah.
1: Depends on what you try to do. But,
0: but anyways, guys, thank you so much for watching this week's episode of wedding pros. Um, Make sure you're checking us out on uh, on YouTube if you're listening on the podcast and on the podcast if you're listening on YouTube. Uh, we are on the go if you're driving to and from work. Listen to podcasts. Um,
1: We're going to be aiming to get you in that morning commute every release on Tuesday mornings. That's our goal. Yep. So, um, Try, we're going to try to be there for you every Tuesday morning, yep. 7 a.m. Make
0: sure you're staying tuned for YouTube content, too. Um, now that the wedding season has really wound down for us, we're going to be punching out a lot of uh, hopefully pretty helpful free content uh, for everyone at home. If you're a photographer, if you're a videographer, uh, we're going to be doing gear reviews and just a lot of awesome content planned for the next um, ever forever (laughs)
2: uh
0: yeah so thank you again for watching the wedding pros podcast guys my name is jared haskell jason mccutcheon we'll see you next week bye guys